Ah, yes. A little light Brazilian samba in the background from the legendary Walter Wanderley and oh, the legendary Estrud Gilberto. As I enjoy my sparkling Italian soda, it's a very posh life here in the Smart Start MN <laughs> Studios on the Brian Oak Show podcast episode 328. How are we possibly still here? It's... I don't know. I'm starting to retreat into a fantasy world. You cool with that, Sean? I love it. I love the fantasy world. And by starting to, I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm looking at buying a <clears throat> timeshare. You've homesteaded. <laughs> My name is Brian Oak, and that is Sean Bernard. Sean, how are you today? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? I'm okay, man. Yeah. It, it's been an exhausting few days, but you find, like, when you wake up in the morning, there's always purpose, right? Like if you don't have, even if your job is a drag, even if your home life is a drag, even if you never know what's going to happen. And so that's one of the reasons I adore this podcast is that the Brian Oak Show, by the way, powered by Smart Start MN. Um, you never know where a conversation will go. You never know what you're going to learn. You know, you might get killed in a hideous car crash. You might also win $1.08 billion, which apparently one person did in California on the Powerball last night. Was that you, Sean? No, I didn't play again. Because I, I feel like if you play. only gave me $1 million, which is like one one-thousandth or less than what you would have won, that that would be a thing that you could do for me. Yeah. yeah I can help you. <laughs> I just, I mean, uh, yeah, it's just, it, I, I wish more people understood that their chances of winning are just so minuscule. It's and like, when you say minuscule, they're literally mathematically closer to non-existent than actually being real. Like when you look at the actual math form, that being said, I might have bought a ticket. Shut up, Sean. You don't know me. Anyway, thanks for <laughs> tuning in to the Smart Start MN Studios, Brian Oak Show. I want to play one more song because um, we just heard an incredible Brazilian mm. lounge song right there from Walter Wanderley and Astrud Gilberto. Now, Astrud had a daughter by the name of Babel. We are at 48th in Chicago, roughly, right? Yeah. We're two doors down from the Parkway Theater. Correct. They have been doing such an incredible job with movie screenings, comics coming in. They got Sandra Bernhardt on the way. Wow. And then I looked down. They seriously do. That's a big deal. I have not heard or seen anything from her in like 10 years. I remember seeing her at the Women's Theater maybe like eight or nine or 10 years ago. She was brilliant. But then I looked down in the corner and there it said... Babel Gilberto. And I'm like, that can't be real. And so I did something that I hate myself for. I knocked on the door and bothered employees who were not open for business and said, look, I hate to be a dick, but I really don't want to miss this show. Should I just go online? And they're like, nah, we'll hook you up. Let's, let's buy the tickets. When people are cool and I like, I like yeah. kept quiet, got my ass out of there and I just, but they were very cool about it, but I'm very, very excited. So I'm going to play a song for you that is one of my very, very, very favorite summer background songs or foreground. Depends on the mood that you're in. This is Babel Gilberto, who's performing August 10th at the Parkway, a song called Aganju on the Brian Oak Show. Esperei na lua crescer Brincadeira boa Sentei, espirrei na tua Gripei, por ficar ao léu Resfriei Você me agradou, me acertou Me miseravou Me aqueceu, me rasgou A roupa e valeu E jurou conversas de Deus Aganjo Aganjo Trabalho que tá 
somewhere between like chilled out electronica and proper Brazilian bossa nova. That's where Babel Gilberto thrives, and she's done it for a long time, like her mother before her. And she's going to be at the Parkway Theater on August 10th. And I'm sorry, I'm just like, I, it's a school night. I don't like to go out to shows on nights where I have to be up at 4 a.m. the next day. But there are certain things that are more important than your health and happiness and well-being. Isn't that right, Sean? That is absolutely right. Thank you very much. It's not like you're going to run a marathon. You're going to watch a concert. It's a seated show, too. So, you know, try to take it easy. I have a bad knee, Sean. (laughs) Okay, so what I'd like is a telethon and a little sympathy. All right? (laughs) I want to thank Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They signed on to do what we're doing here before we ever started doing what we're doing here to do this particular podcast. Now, 328 episodes in. What does a Smart Start ignition mean? What is that, what is that sort of ignition interlock thing? So what happens uh, in this state anyways, if you get pulled over for DUI, mm. you immediately lose your driver's license for at least six months, depending on the number Oof. of convictions you have. Yeah. And then eventually you go wow. to court. Uh, but many people feel the need to want to be able to drive to take their kids to different lessons uh-huh. and to get to work and to make money so they can pay off their DUI that they just earned. Um, but in the meantime, there's this little doohickey that you can install in your car. That's the technical term. You blow into it maybe about every 20 minutes, depending on who you are, and that allows the car to fire up and, and move you right down the road for a lot less money than Ubers and taxi rides and not having to deal with uh, you know, public not, transit. Not that I would have any understanding of what you're talking about right never, there, never. but um, by orders of magnitude, this is a ridiculously affordable way it to get is. back on yeah. the road as soon as possible. Don't drink and drive. Everyone knows that. I never want you to call Smart Start MN, but if you or someone you love fucked up, then, yeah, you should probably get in touch with them. Yeah, we can save you a little bit of extra money by going to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the ignition interlock doohickey. <laughs> doohickey it what is. What is it? It's like a little mechanical I, device I, i've never had one i don't know i mean yeah. i assume it's like a thing you blow into and it is i've going. seen it i've seen other people with them it's a very interesting thing when you're driving down the road and everyone's so like hey hang on a second man and it's like they're pulling a one out of there it's not really the one though it's the little doohickey that the opposite of it's the, the opposite of the one yeah. i know august 1st is almost here <laughs> but if you can calm your hippie tits right now that oh. would be fantastic i'm saying all these words because i want brett to be comfortable i want him to know that this although we welcome children and we welcome people with an open mind we are not afraid of a good cuss word brett before we say hello to you before we find out who you are before we know anything about you at the count of three, I'd like you to say your very favorite cuss word, but with real enthusiasm. I want to believe it. Is that fair? I'll do my best. One, two, three. Motherfucker. That was well done. I like that. That was a bit good. understated, but it was nice. Well, but, really but, cleansed but the palate. But there was also a dark timbre to <laughs> yeah, there it was. that made me think of like a Coen Brothers movie. I was like, nice. oh shit, if I heard that in the kitchen, I'd be like, I'm out of here. I got to go. Um, I'm not sure where to start here, Sean. You help me out. Nate Ryder is the guy behind Audio Quip, and he is the one who has provided us with this equipment for as long as we've been doing what we're doing with this equipment, um, and he does good work, and he, he, uh, we all lined up, like, right before everything shut down for COVID. You remember COVID? Uh, just barely. I, I know yeah. it's way in the rearview mirror, <laughs> but it had a wild and wide impact. It was not a great time, especially for people who rent equipment to go out and do things like that. So Nate is here, and Nate brought a couple of friends along, Brett and Jer. Uh, Brett, hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I just wanted you to get that first swear off your chest. So if it pops up naturally later, we don't try to force that kind of thing. I just wanted to sort of, you know, pop the swearing cherry. Jer, how are you? I'm well, Brian. Thanks for having us. Tell me why the three of you are here together. Well, that's a great question. Um, You're welcome. It all comes together (laughs) because a long time ago, Nate and I were in a band called Drop Nickel that started in Minneapolis in the mid-90s or late-90s, and a record label kind of spawned out of that. Jer was in a band called The Line, or is not a band called The Line, that at the time 
we became friends with. And many, many, many years later and a whole lot of stories later, um, we have a performance on Saturday night, um, July 22nd at Mortimer's that features a line, Drop Nickel, and another old Blue Worm band called Attracted to Gods. Okay, very good. Jer, tell me where you're from. I'm from Mankato, Minnesota. Mankato, yes, you are. Like born and raised there? Uh, yep, born there, lived a few other places, but ultimately raised there from age eight until I left immediately after high school. <laughs> uh, well, I, I grew up in Coon Rapids, so I know that story very, very well. Um, what, what made Minneapolis the destination? Um, music. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, I, I went to school here sort of just because that's what you do when you turn 18, or at least a lot of people my age did. Um, but yeah, my teenage years were spent going to First Avenue as much as I could to see punk rock and hardcore bands. And my favorite band of all time was Quicksand when I was a teenager. And any time, oh, any so chance. You, you were one of those complex kids. <laughs> you were one of those like, no, I got to have a little math rock in there. I mean, I want it to be angry. I want it to be unhappy. But I also want it to be a little more challenging than just laying there and crying. <laughs> yeah, or 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 just being, you know, um, youth crew hardcore. Yeah, which again, and I, I'm and I'm I'm playing around a little bit right there. <laughs> I do not mean to make fun because we all. I mean, dude, some great reward by Depeche Mode. I would lay there and cry to that record because I was soft and weak. Anyway, you were saying, uh, no. So when we, I mean, the three of the four members of a line are all from Mankato, um, but we all found our way up here together and. The bulk of the time that that band was together in the initial, you know, span of time that we were a band was up here, um, you know, living in a shitty house in Phillips, Minneapolis. And isn't that how, isn't that how it's supposed to be, though, yep. when you're in a young punk rock band like we should be living in squalor like there's something when I hear that a band came from wealth or privilege, for some reason it poisons the well for me. And when I hear that, like, we lived in squalor, we didn't know where we were going to eat tomorrow, we, that to me, that feels like punk rock. For the most part, yeah. I mean... I mean, it also but, sucks, for sure, yeah. right? I think for us it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a situation where it was convenient to practice in a basement and have the van <laughs> parked right outside and be able mm. to just throw our shit in and go wherever we needed to go. Um, so, yeah, that was the that was the calculus there. Nate, I need you to step up on the mic here, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. So, Nate, now that was way too quiet. I need you on the... you. These are your microphones. Understood. There he is. I, I maybe need you... Okay, let, let me explain. Uh, That's I need better. You, I is need this you better? To, I need you to project from the diaphragm and not from the throat he's not wearing one that's why i'm not the singer man <laughs> i well, i understand what are you then guitar guitar guy when's the first time you touched a guitar in your life nate i was probably 11 playing Who's... my brother's 16 you know 16th birthday guitar playing that one when do you feel like was the first time you ever nailed a song where you're like I can actually play this thing, and like, and you, like that very first song. I don't care how embarrassing a cover it was, and don't tell me it was a really cool original. No, it, nothing really springs to mind exactly. I just remember busting ass trying to figure out I had the guitar tablature books for Metallica Master of Puppets. So that's kind of where I really that's pretty solid. dug in and that's started to learn. Pretty solid. That was that was the entry level <laughs> one, was it? I mean, like, there's no. I mean, we were all just kind of. That's dun, what we were into. So. Dun, dun. Wow. Yeah. Crazy metal kids. Where and when you say that's what we were into, where'd you grow up? Hudson, Wisconsin. Hell yeah, you did. What do you listen yeah. to Metallica? <laughs> yep. And then watching my brother's band play down at Dibbo's and Ah Dibbo's. Yeah. Just. See, now that was something growing up that I, I saw in the newspaper all the time because there were newspapers back then. Um, I would hear on radio commercials constantly. Yeah, KQ all the time. I was Mindy never... Collins down at Dibbo's. Oh, yeah. my. I, I don't. Where was Dibbo's? Just right on the main drag. Yep. The main drag of the what? The main drag Hudson, of Hudson. Wisconsin. <laughs> There's oh. only one. So that's further east than St. Paul's Rock and East Side. It is. Yes. <laughs> little, little further east past peppercorns is what you're telling Back me. Back in the day, you couldn't buy booze on Sundays in Minnesota, so you I drive remember. over to Hudson. And check out Dibbo. Well, and there was a time where Wisconsin was still 19 and Minnesota was 21, so people would do that all the time, too. 
They just the police would just wait at the border and right, watch like, these kids. They're like, I don't know. Over. Watch this. I'm going to close my eyes. Just pick a car that goes by. Boom, because you're probably going to get lucky. Before we go any further, I want to hear some music. Um, so a line. I need. I need the what, other than what you've already told me. When it comes to philosophy, message, history, literally the 30-second elevator speech before we hear music from a line. All right. Um, we, I mean, our our heroes, when we started the band, were bands like Helmet and Quicksand, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, so for us, it was, we wanted to play kind of an elevated, more melodic style of post-hardcore, um, but that still had that... Um, that sort of metal core element and that heaviness. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of what we tried to land on something that is heavy yet accessible. Um, but we weren't really, we weren't really going down the path of trying to be like an Ozfest band or anything. We just wanted to be a really heavy, good live rock band. Hard stop. Um, yeah. Uh, so if someone wanted to go and have their face melted and have their fucking socks rocked off and wanted to go see, I don't know, maybe a line, is that something that might happen in the near future? Absolutely. It's going to happen on the 22nd of July at Mortimer's. So we're recording this right now on, what, Thursday, July 20th today? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you're talking about... Two days from now, just over 48 hours from now, I could watch that unfold live. 
Absolutely, you could. Huh. It's going to happen. It's a great venue, too, by the way. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, it's one of the best in town. Wow. Well, before we go any further and talk more about the devil's music, uh, (laughs) let's go ahead and talk about Moxie Wealth Management. Our friends at Moxie are pretty cool. They're down to earth. You know, Sean and I obviously have a certain vibe and what we do and how we do and who we do it with. And Moxie seems to fit into that scheme. That's right. And even the devil has a 401k that he might need to roll over at some point. I don't know that he's worried about retirement. I think when you're immortal, it's kind of like just like, I have infinite power over the infernal underworld. (laughs) Unfortunately, most of us aren't the devil. That's true. So... Get in touch with Moxie Wealth Management. Not not everybody who listens to this podcast may be keen on the financial wizard, wizardry of people like Moxie Wealth Management. Uh-huh. It's super important to get in touch with them. Figure out where you are and where you're going. A lot of us maybe haven't saved enough, and we're just hoping and praying that that Social Security money will be there. But it may not be enough for your lifestyle, Brian. My lifestyle of living in a cardboard box somewhere under a bridge? Exactly right. Go to moxiewealthmanagement.com, set an appointment, they'll help you out. And they're very down to earth, by the way, so they're not going to like belittle you and make you feel ashamed of your whatever your savings happen to be. Maybe maybe you'll be surprised. Oh my gosh, I did have a 401k with that one job that I totally forgot about. I did find one of those the other day. See? You know how much was in it? It's embarrassing. I'm not even going to tell you. It's the Brian Oak Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. We are here in the Smart Start MN Studios in beautiful South Minneapolis. It's actually so gorgeous out today. The heat broke. The rain went through yesterday. It is gorgeous outside right now. So remind me one more time, when, where, how on this particular gig? Uh, The gig is Saturday, July 22nd at Mortimer's Bar in South Minneapolis. Lineup is Attracted to God's First, Drop Nickel Second, Aligns headlining it, and doors are at, I think, 8 o'clock, $10 cover, 21 plus, music starts at 9.30. Nate, I need you back up on the mic right away, if you don't mind. I need your, now, because your audio quip, and without you, we are nothing, you can give me the, let's imagine it's one of those New York elevators where you're on it for a long time. Can I get the two-minute elevator speech on how Drop Nickel came to be? Yeah, I mean, Drop Nickel was a couple lifetimes ago. It feels like 1997. We put a ad in the paper for in the city pages. Musicians wanted just you know the cheapest one we could do. Yeah, to the point. And um, was it in there with the like Asian massage and that kind of it's thing? Like a on couple the back pages there? before. Okay, cool, cool. And um, Brett answered the ad, and it kind of put everything in motion because we had um, Jeremy Fink, not this guy, um, and Jason Rohal playing together once brett joined the band we just kind of the songwriting took off and we started recording 1998 we started playing first or seventh street entry and kind of all around town uh put out a record and um yeah did a summer tour that year it was freaking amazing it was kind of the best times of our life mid-20s you know yeah well i mean perfect time to do something like that let me ask you this given how it unfolded and how it worked out you know you get these heady days of like oh my god we've got a record oh my god we're on the road this is amazing and of course those things rarely sustain themselves having gone through the experience would you do it all over again oh yeah for sure i mean it was some of the best times of my life and we were really starting to Click and gel and, you know, I was an employee. I was having to take off work to, you know, (laughs) go on tour and, you know, take unpaid leave and stuff like that. And then, you know, it's like dove into family life and employee life for, you know, 20 years after that. So um, definitely part of my favorite days, um, kind of the height of my musical career. And it was just awesome then to see, you know, a lot of the guys like Brett, and Jer here sustain and go off and keep making awesome rock art. For any of you, and I know that you've all played in a variety of areas, and some of you have played at a, a high level, a crazy level, is it still exciting for you to get up on stage and, I mean, literally, like that last song, is it, is it exciting to get up and melt faces still? Does it give you any thrill, or is it perfunctory? It's my favorite thing in the whole world to do to this day. I mean, it's been that way since I was 16. 
and it's never really changed. Um, certainly there have been little dips and, you know, morale can be lower, especially when you're on the road playing for 15 people a night in, you know, South Texas or wherever, but <laughs> oof, like, it's just, I mean, it, it just, it has this cycle of sustaining itself through just your pure enjoyment of why you started doing it in the first place. And, you know, I still love going to shows and seeing other people melt my face and it makes me want to go to the practice room and get better. So yeah, it's the, it's the same as it's always been. It's just that I feel like now with the maturity and the life experience, like when we get together and do these aligned shows as infrequent as they are now, um, I feel like we're the best we've ever been just because of all of that combined experience and perspective. And, you know, it's just, you know, we're we're loving it still. You bring up a brilliant point. So one of my top five bands of all time is the legendary Los Angeles band X. The very first time I saw them, first show I ever saw in the First Avenue main room, half the band was beyond shit-faced. It was terrible. But I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was like 16 years yeah. old, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And then I've seen them no less than a dozen times in the intervening years. And as everyone sobered up and got older, you think like, well, they're going to wear out. It's going to sound like shit. They've never sounded better than they do right now. Experience can translate if you know what you're doing with it. Brett, how about you? Do you still get excited to play music? Absolutely. It's, you know, kind of echoing what Jared said. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, for like, me, like playing it live, not like just writing it, it or sitting yep. around, but like like in front of people doing it. Absolutely. What do you love so much about it? Is it the thrill? Is it adrenaline? What 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 does it do for you? Sure, it's evolved. When I first started, it was terrifying. I had kind of this massive stage fright. I would freak out and not know. Oh my, am I going to train wreck this and suck? And I just want to get through it, get through it, get through it, get done. Right. <laughs> right. But then as that evolved and and the shows I played, the more comfortable I got with what I was doing. Um, I was able to get out of my own way and really, in you know, as heady as or you know, I don't know, ethereal as this may sound, for me, it's really about the energy give and take. Like that, for me, is the beautiful part. That it's not just me up there playing with the band that I'm in. That is the point. It's the audience is the point, and the mutual energy exchange thing that goes along there is incredible. Even if it's just a sound guy in the room, sometimes, yeah, that can get old when you're on tour. But at the same time, it's still like. You know, it's it's just a thrilling and exciting thing for me to do. I've, I The last show we did was a year ago um, at the Uptown VFW. And I just remember, man, I've never been so comfortable. It was just incredible. Just being on a stage, seeing, like, friends, people I don't know, but people getting into it, having fun, feeling it on stage that we're all just into it and having the best time. And to me, it's that just makes that present moment experience so kind of visceral and vital to me. And that's what I love to try to repeat um and it's and i know it's not the same experience each time and that's also what i look forward to because it's just that present moment nuance that kind of keeps reoccurring it's not like i'm trying to repeat the same episode over and over if that makes sense it makes perfect sense i as a as a guy who's never really performed on stage i and but has been to literally thousands of shows um i call it the biofeedback loop if the audience is into it, you know, sometimes it's a contained space. Sometimes it's that critical mass where you've got just the right amount of people in there. And there's this thing where everyone's having a hard time taking a deep breath and it's about to explode. Or sometimes you're in an arena. I went and saw Shania Twain a couple of months ago and it was fucking fantastic fantastically good it was so good and i was you know up in like section 147 or something i don't know it was i it doesn't matter when that biofeedback loop starts to happen there's i i can feel it you know i feel the electricity on the other end and then everybody's got to do their part to get us over the finish line right yep speaking of we need to hear a song we've been talking for too long who's going to give me something amazing about drop nickel that no one's ever heard before I'm not talking TMZ. We don't have to get weird. Sure. Give me, um, some, give me something about... TMZ or, might or, be easier. Or, or let's get weird. I leave it up to you, and then we're going to get into some drop nickel. Uh, something... Uh, can it be just a drop nickel experience, yeah. or does it be, have to be about? Of course. Okay, no, cool. no, no. Anything. So, um, it's a podcast. No fair one cares. Enough. Yeah. You know, I, uh, one thing that happened is right when drop nickel was starting... Um, I was bartending at a local bar called The Lounge uh, in downtown Minneapolis and came home at two in the morning 
and flipped on HBO and the Mister Show with David Cross yeah. and Bob Odenkirk was yeah. on and. And there was this Tenacious D like segment that happened, and it was the episode where Cal quit the band. Yeah. Lost my mind. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what is this? And who are these dudes and how do I find them? The internet's brand new at this point. So I'm like scouring my, you know, crappy dial up to figure it out and find sidehatch.org. And it's like this acting group in LA. And I'm like, oh my God. So I reach out to them, start this dialogue, and tell them that I'm in this band and we love them. They're like, well, um, how big of fans of Tenacious D are you? Because we're doing a tribute record, and would you guys want to participate? <laughs> like, wow, absolutely! And which, which to me was just hysterical because not only <laughs> one they're asking us to do this, but Tenacious D had not released anything. <laughs> so, and they have a tribute record. We're like, hell yeah! So, <laughs> so we whipped up a punk rock version of Cal Quit the Band and uh, sent it to him and Cal Gas and. He was directly corresponding with us for a bit, and he's like, oh, my God, I totally love this. Like, this is great, blah, blah, blah. And then ultimately, the tribute thing never came out. But it was just super fun experience to be able to do it. And um, and we've got a lot of shit over that over the years because the way it got uploaded, it looks like it's from Tenacious D, but it doesn't sound like Tenacious D. So, like, who the hell is this? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And, you know, admittedly, we've made about a thousand bucks off of it in, in like royalties, but it's hilarious. Anyway. I hope it was all blown on caviar. If I, if, I, if I could try to articulate to you the depth of my love for Jables and Rage Cage. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Uh, my daughter and I have traveled two different times to see the D live. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the night I lost my job at The Current happened at a Tenacious D show. Wow. Uh, they're, they're, they're deep with me. Let's go ahead and hear a little drop nickel. This is called Who I Am.
All right, Sean, I'm going to ask you to do something on air production meeting. I'm going to ask you to do something very unfair. Okay. Can you please look up and see if you can find here on our fine music source, Kyle quit the band? Because I have very important questions to ask because it doesn't matter. Now we're, on we're Spotify. back together again. <laughs> la, 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 la. Oh, fuck me, man. I, anytime we can talk about Tenacious D, yeah, if you don't, that's it right there. Thank you very much. You want me to play it now? Or not, you? not just yet. Not just, but coming up very shortly. What's happening now? Right here? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what do you want me to drag over here, Brad? I, I, I don't know. I don't okay. know what that other thing he pointed at was. I was just looking for the version off the original record. Oh. Well, why don't we do this? We'll pull this over. We can always edit this out. Unless we so you're talking like the demo vi- version is your version? No, the red one. And so that's not Tenacious D? That's our cover. That's the one we did. Oh. Well, how does, why does it say Tenacious D? That's what I'm saying. So when I registered <laughs> oh. it, it said, who's the writer? I'm like, well, Tenacious D, but it's on this Drop Nickel record. Right. And so then all kinds of people thought it was Tenacious D. And they're like, what the hell is this? And then it just kind of created some chaos. But <laughs> Just like it did right here. Hey, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, wait, what? You know. All right. Never mind about any of that. Okay. I got very confused for a minute there. All right, and <clears throat> coming out of Drop Nickel and the Brian Oak Show, episode 328. Hi, I'm Brian Oak, and that is Sean. Sean, you are, if I'm not mistaken, a realtor by trade. I know that you pride yourself on being sort of the kingpin of local podcastery, but I think we all know where your bread is buttered. Yeah, I think when I was four years old, I said, God, I really hope I can sell rectangles someday. Wow. This would be really, really cool. <laughs> wow. I don't think there's any shame in that game, man. You you do a good job. You're straight with people. And every part, a portion of every part of your buy and or sell goes to a local artist of the person's choosing. I don't know, man. I, that sounds, I mean, you're almost like. Robin Hood, except like a realtor. Well, the nice thing is we get to tie it all together. And so we even do these Patreon events, and I invite some of my clients to those uh, events where we, we hire a local band. We actually pay the local band uh, to perform at these events. But uh, more or less, if you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, I had somebody ask me, like, would you help my son buy his first home? Do you even do that sort of? I'm like, of course I'll do that. I don't just sell high-end homes. I myself grew up grew up broke and yep. didn't have any money and my parents didn't we rented most of the time when I was a kid so I'm happy to help out anybody who's got uh you know the the need to and then I also help people that mom and dad are you know moving on to the retirement home or assisted living or that sort of thing I help everybody in between at our age that's kind of what you get you get people with kids who are buying their first house you get people who are you know that they're downsizing or their moms and dads are moving into their retirement home so I'll I'll cover any aspect or range of life 612-859-2594 that number is also textable now i know that i'm an old man and this is going to sound like what did you grow up in the eisenhower administration do you know what i paid for my very first home Nine, oh. 99k baby oh you kept it under 100 that's I, awesome my first house was 125 well again yeah. well within acceptable parameters yeah. and right? that's what radio i mean you and i were both working on radio then. oh and i wasn't very far along that's the path, remarkable man. you know so but we found a place that was clean and modern and new had been totally gutted and redone and we're like 99k got a, a small baby yeah let's do this thing you know like the whole fucking american dream silly <laughs> nonsense garbage but um it was great and then we stayed there through the boon and we sold it for almost two and a half times That's what we crazy, bought it for it? and then we bought a much much larger house and <clears throat> 2008 can suck it it is the brian oak show hi my name is brian we're joined by nate brett and jay right now um what? Give me the details one more time on what's happening two days from right now. Saturday, uh, July 22nd at Mortimer's um, in South Minneapolis. Um, my band, Align, uh, headlining a show along with um, Brett and Nate's band, Drop Nickel, and our buddies, Attracted to Gods, are opening. Uh, doors are at 8, covers $10, uh, music around 9.30. It's going to be real, real fun. 
I, Franklin and, and Lindale, for those of you that don't know where Mortimer's is, you've got to go there. It's right by where the old Rudolph's Barbecue was. Right exactly. The street. Just over there. I, I, the one thing I'm not loving about Uptown right now is how they made everything single lane. It was already impossible to get through there. Now it's oof. But get there early. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself at Mortimer's and enjoy the show. Let me ask you this. So, I mean, not everybody, I know that it's not quite the load that it used to be. I know you're not playing as much as maybe you once did or touring as hard as you once did, but you still get back together low these many years later. Why? That's, I think it's just one of those things for me when I'm driving around, I now live in South Carolina and I moved away a while ago. Um just driving around listening to the songs just reignites the energy that I used to feel in my mid twenties. And it's like, you know, getting back together with these guys. And when we've done that, we know that we bring it back to exactly where it was. And we feel like we're kind of transported back into our practice space when we were 25. And it's, and it's just a super powerful, awesome feeling. And that connection, you know, frankly, for me is that's not something that comes along easily. I know a lot of people that have never actually experienced that dynamic in a band where they can walk into a room, not say a word to each other, plug in and start just kind of fumbling around. Next thing you know, they've written a song for the next half an hour. And then they're like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? You know, and then they have the conversation. <laughs> and these guys, um, we have that connection. And to revisit that for me as much as possible is just golden. So that's what drives me to do it. Why would you say it is then that Nate's flipping you off right now? Because he's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't flipping you off. What I did right there, that was like Love Island. I pitted you two against each other. I'm a terrible, terrible person. You are horrible. I, obviously. <laughs> and welcome to kidding, episode Nate. 328. All right. But to jump onto what Jer was saying, too, about how we've matured, et cetera, it's like we're all better musicians than we've ever been. So we actually go out there and crush it even harder than we used to. It's just ridiculous i just you don't know, like i mean like when you try to explain that kind of a story nate to today's young people they're like that's nice boomer uh you know <laughs> and they're, they're, i know you i'm sure you're out there really killing it this time even though you know you're doing better than you've ever done before i've watched it happen to a great number of bands and that's cool so i mean this is a show worth seeing i don't know if i have enough face left to melt but maybe i mean Maybe. Nate, I have a question for you uh, regarding what you've done for the Brian Oak Show podcast. Yes. You signed on with little to zero expectation <laughs> uh, and provided us with the very equipment that brings this podcast to the masses. Now for more than 300 episodes, uh, you have a place called Audio Quip. Tell me, I mean, I always, I try to mention it and I talk, you know, whether you're raving on a street corner and would like some amplification whether you're going to be performing live tell me what audio quip does and how you like to encapsulate it thank you it's funny we listen to the we listen to the show at the shop <laughs> yeah. and we always laugh when you guys talk about audio quip because it's like literally if you need anything with audio, <laughs> just call those guys yeah. <laughs> and you're like well we don't well, do everything we don't really do everything no i mean we're our core business is rental and it's small stuff. It's like wireless mic systems um, that, you know, a production company can rent or a theater can rent or a middle school can rent. Um, that's kind of our bread and butter. It's been around since 1992. I bought it in 2018. Jared, our buddy, mm-hmm. introduced us. Mr. And Brinkton. it was like, you know, I'd, we've all listened to you forever on the radio. And so it was an exciting thing for us to just have an opportunity to help you guys out. We're just super tickled that it's you know over 300 episodes it's just it's amazing so i noticed uh one time when i looked online as i was trying to give you guys a plug there's another audio quip out there it's like audio equip oh but, is but it? also maybe on like facebook i maybe saw an audio quip like in brazil or something uh, something but you like know zero what? followers or what's up with that fuck those guys all right no good Fuck those guys. Look for the little red circular A with the little arrow going through it right there. Uh, audio quip uh, for uh, your audio needs. Like, So all you're telling them. me we could do all, every single thing you could ever yes. imagine like radio shack, in the basically. world of audio. <laughs> no, no. Are, are you looking to, okay. Um, but you're moving too, right? August 7th, is oh, that when the? Yeah, so right now Pat and Topher are at the shop holding it down, and I'm at the new shop, which is literally just a block away. Uh, with my dad and we're building it out kind of uh, another rental space a little bit bigger um yeah looking forward to just kind of 
making a bunch of furniture and shelves and counters and stuff and getting the guys in and having everything ready Monday the 7th. Well, good luck with all that, and good Thank luck you. this weekend, you guys. Um, there's, I, I feel like you all need to come back because I feel like we barely touched on anyone's stories. You've all taken such interesting trajectories through the last however many years. I'm not here, <laughs> however to, many. I'm not here to date anybody, man. I mean, you know, just like, er. Um, and I would like to talk about those stories more. Do you promise to come back at one point? I know you live in South Carolina now, but... When you're around next time, will you come back? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Anytime, Brian. All right. Yeah. Very good. Thanks, Brian. Kind of I so think far, should... the Drop Nickel Align hookup is it's a two-year annual thing, so maybe we keep it rolling. Okay. I'm cool. And I think we should play three songs on the way out. Wow. Let's play the Remover song. Let's play the Kyle Quit the Band, and let's play the Align song. Oh, Is that my. too much? I'm, it's your show, man. I, I, you know me. I'm always a real stickler for <laughs> the rules. Formatics <laughs> and the rules. And what do you mean? Two takes on Tenacious D's No, let's Kyle just do one. Let's just no, do... no, 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 no. I was saying it the other way. <laughs> oh. We could play it 14 times. I don't care. Just All let right, it let's roll. let's play both takes. <sighs> Jer, Brett, Nate, thank you very, very much. Thank you to Smart Start MN. Thank you to Moxie Wealth Management. Thank you, Sean Bernard. Thank you, Brian Oak. Oh, you're more than welcome. <laughs> um, if you want more information about any of it, we do have a website, brianoakshow.com, et cetera, et cetera. Let's leave with Remover. Remind me about Remover. Remover, uh, again, is the natural um, next reincarnation of Drop Nickel after a couple of primary members left. Um, we found a different pair of musicians. Um, Jer and I were the songwriters um, in that from a, he's a guitar player, singer, and I was a bass player, singer, and we found a different drummer and second guitarist and kind of kept it going and started um, our journey as a remover with a song called Wrench, which was the last sort of drop nickel song that we were writing.
last week caught up with the band now we're back together misunderstanding didn't understand it doesn't matter now we're back together again la 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 couldn't split up Kato and Nash that's true couldn't split up Tango and Cash that's also true this is our song of exalt and joy because we only came to kick some ass Rock the fucking house and kick some ass. What we gonna do with all the cash? Smoke cash and then we thrash. We throw a big old bash, y'all. And everyone is invited to the bash. And everyone. Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC North Star Resource Group is independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.